co-producer on the show and he puts it out the podcast every week so more power to him he's the man behind our podcast you guys ryan mcmenamin right there that's him i am ria butcher i'm going to be your host this evening cameron esposito is out of town um so this other lesbian is going to host the show <laughs> we're fiancés so it works out perfect i'm always just waiting there she keeps me in a little shoebox by the bed Whenever she goes out of town, she feeds me a little water. I grow to size, and here I am. It's perfect. <clears throat> I'm having a bit of a weird week, you guys. I don't know why. just thought I would admit that to you. Uh, I was feeling, like, super shaky, because I think all I ate today was a baked potato and <laughs> some free Cheetos I got from craft services last week. Um, oh, I'm a vegetarian, so I'm very healthy. That's why I ate that food, because I don't know how to shop. Is this an animal? No? All right, I'll eat that. Sounds good. Is it physically in front of me? Perfect. You guys do not want to see me at craft services at all. I'm like, oh my God, blocks of cheese? They're all mine. I'm <laughs> just shoving it in my... It's terrible. Vegetarians around free vegetarian food is brutal. It's crazy. It's very primitive. Uh, we tear each other apart for it, which is antithetical to being a vegetarian. Anyway, um, I, quite frankly, I ate a banana to like get my energy up before I came to the show. And I myself was terrified with the energy that I ate it with. It was scary. Um, I never want to eat a banana like that ever again for the rest of my life. Um, I came out when I was 22 and I've planned to stay out. So I want to go back into that closet. That is a lesbian making a banana eating joke that typically straight men make because they don't want to seem gay. Come on, you guys. That is a good joke. I'll workshop it. I'll fix it. It'll be better. Come back in a month. It'll be perfect. Uh, I need to get a new haircut because uh, my hair is growing out a little bit. The last time I got my haircut, um, I knew it was perfect because when I went through the airport, I got an equal number of ma'ams and sirs as I was traveling through. That's how I knew it was good. Uh, but <laughs> the last time I got my haircut, uh, the guy that cuts my hair awesome guy you guys should go see him but he gave me a haircut and he was like "Ooh, sparkles while he was cutting my hair and i was like what in heaven's name does this man mean because there is never a scenario that this person would ever have glitter in her hair like never like the only thing i can think of is if i taught a kindergarten pe class or something <laughs> which i don't do and also, think about how terrible it must, must be to be a kindergarten P.E. teacher. <laughs> like, I loved P.E. when I was in kindergarten. I guarantee you, she did not like P.E. when I was in kindergarten. Just a bunch of angry kids hitting things constantly, sliding around on blocks. Anyway, so he said I had all this glitter in my hair, and what he was referring to is all the gray hair that I've gotten. It's all right. Thanks, you guys. I appreciate it. I like it, but it's totally useless on me. I mean, I look like I'm Kevin McAllister. Because <laughs> I have the lesbian fountain of youth. The other day, I got carded for buying a lighter. A lighter. I went into a store and was like, yes, I'll purchase this lighter. And this guy was like, <laughs> how old are you? And I was like, 32. And he went... And I said, do you want to see some ID? And he said, mm, I think I better. <laughs> so I gave him ID, and he looked at it and still did not believe me at all that I was 32 years old. And he was like, well, I guess it sold it to me. And I was like leaving there thinking like, oh, well, maybe, you know, I should look at this positively. He's like trying to keep lighters out of the hands of 
children, I guess, and uh, doing his job. He's following the rules of the job and stuff like that. And then I got home and looked it up. There's no law about <laughs> carding anybody for lighters. I just want to know how old he thought I was. Like just an infant that shops at Urban Outfitters in the men's sales section? <laughs> Who also is like a pyro? Come on. Ridiculous. I, uh, you guys, I have a puppy in my life. He's pretty great. Yeah. Cool. Dog crowd. I love it. Yeah, a couple people know him by name. <laughs> He's very popular on Instagram. Uh, I love having him, but being a, you guys, I'm a lifetime vegetarian, never eaten meat, not on purpose. A couple times whenever I'd get like a half and half pizza, cheese and pepperoni, when the parents at a slumber party were real cheap, they'd get that half and half pizza. And then I'd go for one of those, you know, the 12 o'clock or the 6 o'clock slice. Those end pieces. That's dancing with the devil. I got an accidental pepperoni every time. Just every time. And every time I'd get that pepperoni, I'd be like, blah, 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 blah. What is this? Tastes like a spicy shoe. I don't know how you guys eat that stuff. And recently, I accidentally had bacon and a salad, which that's insult to injury to a lifetime vegetarian accidentally having meat in a salad. The food of my people, our only dish that is just for us, I had bacon in it, and it was like I was on mushrooms. I just like ate it and was like, oh, this tastes amazing. Inagata DeVita started playing, and I was just like spinning around. Is pretty great. So I'm a lifetime vegetarian. I got this dog, and he makes me... I love having in my life because I love animals. That's why I'm a vegetarian. And I just am feeling conflicted having this dog because I have to buy him all this meat stuff. Um, and I specifically get him this one toy. It's called a pizzle stick. Um, if you guys don't know what that is, it's a dried bull's penis. So I work a job, you know, presumably, most of the time. I get paid for that job. That money gets transferred into my bank account. That bank account is linked to a debit card that I carry in my wallet. And I walk to a store, and I pick out a good-looking dried bull's penis. <laughs> and I take it up to the cashier, and the cashier grabs it, takes my card, swipes it through a card reader machine, and then that information beams out into outer space, hits a satellite, comes back down to the computer, and says, yeah, she can buy this dried bull's penis. <laughs> And the cashier's like, here, sir, here's your dried bull's penis. <laughs> and that's what my life is like now. <laughs> I go to stores and buy penises. And I feel conflicted because to me, it's like I had a baby and he's crying. So I took another baby's penis. <laughs> and I dried it. <laughs> and I gave it to my baby. But there is an upside to this, because when I give it to him, I get, get to yell, eat a dick, and throw it. <laughs> so it's not so bad. It evens out. I, uh, we're going to get this show started. Are you guys ready for the show to start? Awesome. Because we have a ton of comics, uh, but I'll leave you guys with this one joke, because I love it so much, and I've been saying it a lot, but I want to say it again. Um, do you guys like the band Tool? Are there any Tool fans here? Okay, there's a few. And some people that have heard this joke already. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of Tool, but, you know, I can't deny that they've had an impact musically in the world. But I think their larger impact is the fact that they've gotten a ton of dudes to walk around in a t-shirt that says Tool on it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that laugh, sir. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a drunken Chicago duck. <laughs> that has an unlit cigar in its mouth. It's like, <laughs> writing for the Tribune. <laughs> she was good up until that tool joke. <laughs> You're a funny one, Chicagoan duck with a smoking habit. I like you. All right, you guys, that was it for me. Were you into that at all? Okay. Well, let's get this show started, because we have so many awesome comics tonight. We're so glad this comic is around. Every time she's in town, we have her on the show. You guys, give it up for Jenna Friedman. 
guys. It's nice to be here. I'm in my like LA clogs. <laughs> um, a lot to talk about. Cosby is back in the news. <laughs> Um, and I don't want to like, you know, dig into him just because it breaks my heart. Like, he's always been one of my favorite anesthesiologists. <laughs> People are always like, Cosby's such a great storyteller, you know, and we see that now. But <laughs> also like an exceptional anesthesiologist, very adept, you know, most anesthesiologists go to med school, you know, they spend years, they have residencies. It takes a lot of training to like put people to sleep and make sure that they wake up. Well, I'm actually giving him the benefit of the doubt. We don't really know if they all woke up. Should not start a set on a murder inquiry, but I did do that, because whatever, you know. Um, and he's in the news, and he's gonna keep being the news, because every week women keep coming out and like accusing him of sexual assault, because it's hard for women to come out and admit to the world that they were born before 1980. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood makes it easier for women to admit to being victims of sexual assault than it does for us to admit to being victims of time. <laughs> Thank you. I wrote that joke for the ladies. Um, Women are my target demo, we just don't know it yet because we're taught to hate each other, but I think we can actually be best friends as long as we don't have the same color hair. <laughs> yes, I uh, had a rough week. I actually uh, am visiting from New York. This week, the building across the street from my apartment collapsed and people died and it was like, terrifying, not a joke, really, really scary. I know you guys, whatever, I, you guys have heard about that? Everything about it is tragic, and like, I just want to talk about it, because it's like therapeutic. I don't want to talk about the tragedy part, because it's not funny, but the, okay, this is kind of funny. It's not that funny, but one of my favorite uh, places that I go to get foot massages, massages, because it's like a handjob place, but they <laughs> also crumbled, and I'm heartbroken about it for a lot of reasons. Number one, you guys should, I mean, they were, they gave the best foot massages in the city. And it was like $20 for an hour. Cause like the women were just so happy. Like it wasn't a dick. <laughs> <laughs> they still like massaged it like that, but we were all just like, it's not a dick. You know, like we were all happy, you know? And those are the best places to go to. And I was like telling a friend, I was so sad about, I mean, it's, it's so fucking sad and life is so short and that's why it's like, talk about Cosby being a murderer maybe because like, what do I have to lose, you know? It's just like, it's liberating, I mean, whatever. But um, my friend told me a story about his friend who went to a, like, a massage parlor and uh, didn't know if it was like a massage place or a hand job place and um, he was getting a foot massage and then he like got aroused and uh, the woman was like, you want to wank? And I'm not going to do the accent because, you know. Um, and he was like, uh, okay. And so she leaves and then, uh, flash forward 15 minutes, she comes back and she was like, are you finished? <laughs> I know. I was like, what a feminist handjob place. <laughs> it like, it like made me want to cry. <laughs> I was like, there should be like a Disney movie. <laughs> Because that woman is my hero. Um, the women in New York are quite exceptional. I was, it's like <laughs> the mascot of New York is like a single woman. But I, uh, and single's not even like a relationship status there. It's just like a state of mind and we all inhabit it. And I was walking down the street and I saw this girl in front of me got hit by like these teens across the street, hit her with a snowball and she didn't even flinch. And it hit her right in the head. This is a couple weeks ago when it was snowing. And I was like, Jesus Christ. And I saw them like winding up to hit me and I was like, I can't get hit by a snowball right now because like I just got hit by a snowball metaphorically like since I moved to that city every fucking day. And I was just like, I really don't want to get, so it's like, I was just kind of like, ah, no, not me, please. I see, like, you know, I didn't know what to say to them. And I was like, what do I say to 14 year old boys to like scare them and fuck with them, but like not get me arrested. You know what I mean? Like what? <laughs> and I was like trying to rack my brain and my, the best thing I could come up with was just like, I'm not going to recycle so your kids don't see 40. <laughs> Not even true. I mean, I don't recycle. I shouldn't say that in L.A., but I don't, because it's like I don't have kids, so I don't owe the planet anything. But 
And in my defense, it's all just like bottles of wine. So it all goes to the same place. All right. Um, but I actually, I just turned 32, and I'm not supposed to talk about your age in L.A., but I feel great. I still fit into, like, my 9-11 jeans. You know, it's like... <laughs> never forget. Um, <laughs> good time for the light. Uh, but I, I, I heard my biological clock for the first time a couple weeks ago. I was reading about Ebola, which... You do as a comedian because I was trying to find the humor in it just because, like, laughter is the best medicine if you have Ebola because there's no cure. <laughs> I was reading about these kids that they're just, like, leaving on the street because they don't know if they have Ebola and, like, the kids are going to grow up with, like, reactive attachment disorder because nobody wants to hug them. And I was like, I'll hug you. And I was like, who said that? And I realized it was, like, coming from my ovaries. And I was like, shut the fuck up! <laughs> You're going to get us all killed! Like, shut the fuck up! But... <laughs> It's like, that's just like what's happening to me as I get older. It's like you become maternal. And like, I'm not, I'm kind of like a cunt. Like, I'm not a maternal person, but it's like coming out of me. And I'm like, babies. And it's just, I'm sorry. Like, most comics are like, I don't want kids. And I'm like, mm -hmm. And it's just biology, you guys. I, trying to figure out the joke there, other than that I'll never be able to have them. And none of us will, because they're so fucking expensive. Um, <laughs> I don't know how people can have children. Like, I don't know how people can afford... Like, I was, like, trying to figure out my financial plan, and it's just, like, maybe I should, like, sell my eggs? Because, <laughs> like, that's... All right. Um, <laughs> literally the only way. Uh, I'll leave you guys on this. I keep reading about people getting arrested for <laughs> masturbating in Walmarts. It's, like, clickbait or... And it's, like, Walmart. If you want people to stop masturbating in Walmarts, <laughs> stop building so many Walmarts! You're taking away places where people used to masturbate. <laughs> That used to be a woods <laughs> where people could masturbate. Now it's a fucking Walmart. Thank you guys so much. I'm Jenna Friedman. Have a good night. Jenna Friedman, you guys, let her hear it. Super funny. That just reminded me that I got catcalled the other day. Thank you. <laughs> Whoever gave me an awe that's absolutely appropriate for... <laughs> this guy getting a uh, cat called I was walking in the parking lot of a Taco Bell there's my first problem second problem I had to walk by the drive through line to get into the actual store I don't know restaurant no definitely not restaurant <laughs> establishment maybe that's pushing it too so I was walking in just minding my business and I heard somebody go woo <laughs> like that and I have been living in Los Angeles long enough that I looked to see what was going on and it was just a car of kids losing their shit at how funny it was that they just like catcalled a lesbian it was very funny <laughs> but not for the reasons that they thought um, I also recently got to catcall some dudes so I've been out on the streets uh, getting vengeance for my straight sisters because uh, I was walking my dog, and I accidentally catcalled these guys. <laughs> there were some men in front of me, and I was just focused on walking my dog, because he's a puppy. I'm still, like, training him, and I was like, come on, little buddy. Come on, cute guy. Cute little guy. Oh, my God, you're so cute. Come on. Come on, buddy. Let's go, buddy. Let's go. And this guy turned around like... <laughs> he was so hurt. So I've exacted some revenge, gals. I'm out there working for you. <laughs> I am Jezebel, basically. Uh, so we're going to keep this show going. Uh, the next comic is so funny. She's so great. You've seen her on Conan, Ground Floor, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and she's going on tour next month. So you guys give it up for Emily Heller. I do think women have it hard these days, especially hot women. Oh, hot women, I feel for you. I personally, I'm so glad that I'm not hot. Thank you for objecting. Super cool of you. You know, sometimes I start telling this joke in other parts of the country, and people, like, look surprised when I say that. But in L.A., everyone's always just like, yes, proceed. <laughs> Honestly, thank you for saying something. It's kind of weird that you've just been, like, in front of me for so long. Just sort of looking like that, <laughs> with just no explanation. Uh, I still have a lot of questions, but I'm just so glad that you know. 
But I'm not being self-deprecating here. I'm not fishing for compliments. I am genuinely so glad that I don't look like one of those women in the commercials because I realized something, which is that every time I'm at a party and one of those women walks in, every other woman at the party looks at her like this. Like she just walked into the party and offered to take a dump in everyone's drinks. She didn't earn that look. You guys, no one looks at me like that when I walk into a party. When I walk into a party, everyone's just like, oh, hey, good for her. She got out of the house. That's great. Also, I guess this party's getting kind of lame. We should probably take off. Wasn't she fantastic, guys? Yes. I still only have a radio in my car. Well, every now and then I have a tape deck and a radio, so I'm doing pretty well. Um, and my car is very old. But I occasionally have the adapter cassette thing, but most of the time I am too lazy to hook that up, which takes about 30 seconds. Even on, like, an eight-hour drive, I'm like, ugh, I can't... You gotta fit the take the case and then I gotta put it in the no so most of the time I just listen to the radio all the time and uh, I miss how simple radio and the times of like just having a radio were because now we have like all this social media all these ways to like things sometimes you do the trifecta and like somebody's picture on Instagram Twitter and Facebook that means you really like it <laughs> and then sometimes you just don't pay any attention but I miss how like specific radio was because you listened to the radio and then like maybe a song came on that you really liked so you turned it up or a song came on that you didn't like so you changed the channel or sometimes a song came on that just made you turn the radio off forever <laughs> I miss those times of just really specific terrible music <laughs> that you're just like no I'm done with music for a good half an hour after that one Because the radio was it. There was no tape deck, none of that. Uh, again, I'm 32, not 12 years old. <laughs> You're just like, nope, I'm off music for half an hour. That mambo number five. <laughs> Never again. Are you guys ready to keep this show rolling? I sure am. Uh, this next comic's super funny. We always love it when he stops by. You guys give it up for Mike Palasek. Thanks. Thanks. I went to a wedding recently with my girlfriend. We went to her ex-boyfriend's wedding. <laughs> a lot of guys might not like that. I was looking forward to talking to the guy, you know? Just be like, congratulations. How did you get out? Help. <sighs> I love my girlfriend. Went to college first before I ever started doing stand-up. College is great. The only bad part was finishing because then everyone expected me to do something, you know? Like, Michael, what are you going to do after you graduate? I'd just be like, I'm um, pretty sure my parents are taking me out to eat. <laughs> so, I was an English major when I was in college. I had uh, one job interview, and it was for a pyramid scheme. <laughs> they were like, Michael, if we hire you in 10 to 12 months, you could be owning and running your own company. Does that scare you? <laughs> like, no, but it should scare you. <laughs> I was an English major. The only thing I know about capitalism is if I see a period, the next letter should be bigger. <laughs> Eventually, I had to buy a car. I ended up buying an SUV. Uh, one of my friends is like, Michael, you got an SUV? What about the glaciers? What about the rainforest? I'm like, I got four-wheel drive. We can go wherever you want. <laughs> I like going to visit my parents sometimes still. Like, uh, my parents, they have an awesome place. They have an awesome washer and dryer. <laughs> Top-of-the-line technology. Here's how it works. I put my clothes in a washer, and they come out folded on my bed. <laughs> Someone's come on iron, hung up on the hanger, a little sticky nose. This is the last time. 
My parents have been together my whole life, so I think I did a good job with them. <laughs> I asked my mom one time about it. She's like, Michael, when you meet the right person, you just know. <laughs> good talk. <laughs> what if I know and she doesn't? Right? Like, hey, I really want to hang out more. Oh, I don't know. Okay, well, <laughs> I just know. <laughs> Get in the car! <laughs> Our future kids are like, Dad, how did you meet Mom? It's like, well, I just knew. So I took her. <laughs> and she decided not to press charges. <laughs> and that's when I knew that she knew too. I was raised in a Catholic household. It's hard being Catholic as you get older, you know, because the rules are harder to follow. You know, you're not supposed to have sex until you get married, which is great. If you don't have kids, you get diseases. But what happens if you die before you get married? <laughs> that is not fair. <laughs> then you go to heaven a virgin, and you might have to have sex with a terrorist. <laughs> All right, thanks, everybody. Mike Palasek, you guys. I was having a conversation backstage, so I have no idea what just happened, which is great as a host. Just to see it, I'll just uh, smile and then uh, cue the Chicago duck with the <laughs> cigar. Perfect. <laughs> Right on cue, sir. I really appreciate it. Awesome. We are going to keep the show going. Uh, this next comic, one of my favorites. Uh, we did comedy in Chicago together. You guys give it up for Dan Telfer. Hey, fuck Indiana Governor Mike Pence. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> and I want it, you know, and I'm so fucking pissed about this because like I'm from Chicago I used to do comedy in Indiana all the time and yeah it's like 99% just garbage mud people just like the worst people alive but there's good people there and fucking politicians rich politicians of course they're gonna fuck it up is anyone here from Indiana what are we gonna do with them look there's good people I'm not trying to scare you like seriously is there anyone here from Indiana like I'm on your team Anybody? Who here's been to Indiana? Right? And there's nothing, like, like, geographically or, like, inherently wrong with Indiana, but it is so wedged between states with major cities that it's just a wasteland of assholes. It is so far gone. It's terrible. And I feel so bad they're being taken advantage because it's never going to stop. Like, people are trying to petition, like, boycott Indiana. Indiana has been asleep for 120 years. It is like one of those Dungeons and Dragons turtles that there's like an island and then like if you roll the dice wrong it comes to life and this like thousand story turtles like I'm going to eat all the adventurers. That'll happen to Indiana in the year 2300. But for now all pol politics in Indiana is just who cares? It doesn't matter. I once did a show in Indianapolis and after the show, I was asking some of the kids who, uh, who were hanging out after, like, oh, it was kind of an early show. And I was like, I want to kind of go see a movie, like a midnight show. And they're like, do not see a movie. There's no movies. Do not go into Indianapolis after 10 p.m. There's nothing. There's 24-hour gun shops and Taco Bells. That's all we got. We don't even have meth here. The people wandering the streets... I mean, some weird bootleg mechanical drug where, like, the runoff, they're like, is this meth? Let's do it anyway. And they're just wandering the streets. Do not go into Indianapolis. Indianapolis is a huge city, you guys. It's so big, and they don't have movies after 10 p.m. There's a... Who here has heard of Richmond, Indiana? Yes, do you know what their big claim to fame is? Anybody? Tom Raper. The wealthiest person in Indiana is this guy, Tom Raper. He is a Tea Party guy, super conservative. 
All these college-like buildings are named after him because he's just made of trees of money. And his name is Tom motherfucking Raper. He turned 18 and he didn't change his fucking name. What dignity is there in being still named Tom Raper at the age of 19? This guy's in his 50s and he's having buildings named after him. He owns RV parks and he's like, can't wait for, for another. For another person to make minimum wage and have to sign a check that says Raper Industries. <laughs> you cartoon villain motherfucker. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> and I love Bloomington, Indiana. Bloomington, Indiana is like the best city in the whole fucking country. It's a beautiful little college town. But Indiana is Dagobah. And Bloomington, Indiana is like Yoda's quaint little tea hut. The rest of the state is just fucking swamp monsters. That's all it is. I once was stopping outside of Bloomington, Indiana in, in this uh, town called uh, Gnawbone, Indiana. That's right. G-N-A-W Bone is the name of the town. And if you look it up, it's great. Like, Wikipedia's like, we don't know why it's called Gnawbone. Like, there's whole articles. We're not sure. We think a native indigenous person stopped there and was like, look at that person chewing on some old meat. <laughs> Gnawbone! Let's call it that and run away. That's what it is. Like, when you're driving through, like, like uh, I was driving and um, I was going to a wedding outside of Bloomington and <laughs> like the window's down because it was kind of beautiful for us. And he was like, like a giant moth just landed on my shoulder and was like, turn back. That's what Gnawbone, Indiana is. And I saw this yard sale outside of an abandoned gas station, okay? There was like a gravel road, and you saw this gas station that had shut down in the 1950s, and they had blankets out. And on the blankets, there were some concrete gargoyles for sale. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go buy a gargoyle. <laughs> so I did. I parked my car and I walked up to this uh, shapeless, genderless person in an inside-out t-shirt with no sleeves and an airbrushed gangster Tweety Bird in it. And I said, hey, I want to buy a gargoyle. And they were like, it'll be $10. I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. And they were like, uh, you, you like monsters? <laughs> kind of what's happening right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, yes. I like, I guess I like monsters. And um, they were like, we got some angels in the basement. I got the fuck out of there real quick. <laughs> no. Best case scenario, they've, there's a portal to hell. Like the, the earth is cracked open. They've chained up an angel in their basement, right? <laughs> Worst case scenario, dead children. Um, but like, we got angels in the basement. And then I drove away with my gargoyle and I realized, oh shit, it's a gas station. It ain't got no basement. No, there was no basement in the gas station. She was trying to, he, she was whatever, like, and I'm not trying to insult the genderless aspect of this person, but they could never be arrested. They were, they were like the person in Game of Thrones whose face just like changes after they save... Oh, Maisie Williams. If Pee, -wee, if Pee Wee Herman taught me anything, it's that weird buildings don't have basements. Um, or like, I, um, I was once just driving around the Midwest, and I had nothing better to do than listen to satellite radio. I've never listened to 80s on 8 before. You guys know 80s on 8? It's amazing. Um, yeah? It's great. It's like, it's like nonstop 80s music, and I was super into it. And um, they have this woman who's, if you've listened to it, you already know who it is, but it's, uh, she's this original... MTV VJ from the early 80s and now she's this DJ and her voice is just ravaged by decades of like booze and cigarettes and buggles come. She's just like and I loved every second. I thought she was a beautiful uh, goddess. But then after a few hours of just driving through horror forests um, she turns over her slot to guest DJ Scott Bayo. Scott Bayo. Who I have no problem with. I'm pro Scott Bayo, but he broke my heart because he is the shittiest storyteller alive. He's really bad at telling stories. He's also a tea party asshole, but also it turns out horrible at stories. So I'm gonna try and give you. He told this story, so much hubris in it, but he fucking blew it. I'm gonna do it verbatim for you guys. Ready? Here we go. Here's what Scott Bayo said to me on satellite radio. He goes, "All right, true story. 
So it's my 18th birthday. Still living in my dad's basement. Who cares? I'm Scott Bale, super famous at this point, but it's my 18th birthday, and there's a knock at the door. So I go and I run and hide, right? My dad answers the door, and he comes down to the basement. He says, there's these three beautiful women at the front door right now. There's some band called the Go-Go's. You heard of them? And they weren't famous yet. So I was like, no, I heard of the Go-Go's. He's like, they got a cake. They're here to give that cake to their favorite celebrity, Scott Bayo. Do you want this cake? And I was like, no, I'm afraid of ladies. So he sent them away. Pretty depressing story. Anyway, here we go. Next song is called We Got the Beat by the Go-Go's. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to do that to people. That is not fair. Yeah, so I'm pretty famous, and I went to the Emmys. Oh, I'm real famous, and there's all sorts of beautiful people at the Emmys. Yeah, and they had this band called Katrina at the Waves. They were hanging out at the Emmys. That, that Katrina, she was sure lovely. I could never have her. So I got real drunk and depressed, and in my tuxedo, I drove out to Santa Monica after the Emmys, and I started walking to the ocean, because if I can't have Katrina, the waves will take me. And so I'm just walking out in the middle of the ocean, and a jellyfish just, you know, swims up my leg. And right before I'm willing to embrace the abyss, I just feel this little sting in my butthole, and I run into the beach and a cop is like why are you running around screaming and I laid on the ground and I said please pee in my butthole and he's like no I won't do that I'm a police officer and I went to jail anyway here we go Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves <laughs> that's all for me everybody have a lovely rest of the evening hey Dan Telfer how are you doing I'm doing pretty awesome Maria Butcher how are you doing that's awesome what have you been up to uh, you know, trying to do as many sets as I can, and uh, got the day job, got the children, that okay. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. The children's? Yeah, I got multiple children's. <laughs> yeah, many children's. Yeah. Um, are you working on material for anything specific, or just working on new stuff? Uh, you know, no. Like, I, the stuff I did tonight is mostly just because I'm really angry right now about the yeah. world. and uh, Aren't we all? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, like, outside of this, I've actually been trying to do shorter jokes. Oh, that's cool. Like, yeah. That's my holy grail right now. Set up punchline kind of jokes? I guess. Just short, like, like, I'm so averse to that, and I'm so yeah. averse to formula, and I'm so averse to, like, I don't know, like, corny shit and yeah. puns and wordplay, but, like, I do rant a lot, mm-hmm. and I kind of want to just focus on the writing more. Unrant? That's how I'm feeling about stand-up in general, right? Ayn Rand? Unrant a little bit? Uh, Unrand, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I've been getting a little Rand Paul lately. (laughs) Well, we'll look for you on the campaign trail, Dan. How sad is it for that guy, by the way, that, like, not only was he named after... Not only was he, like, named after Ayn Rand, but then he had to, like... He he still believes in it. Yeah, he still believes. Well, it's like Scientology. Once you're in, you're in. And fuck fuck Scientology, too, right? Yeah. How... I'm so obsessed with that image... Because the documentary just came out. Did you watch yeah, the documentary? I did. Yet? Yeah, I read the book also. And we were just saying backstage, like we all—it's all oh, mostly yeah. stuff we knew. Yeah. And there's a couple of things I took away from it that were sort of new. But I—I'm I, obsessed with the image of Tom Cruise wearing that fucking medallion. I know it's crazy. He looks in the way he was like arching his fingers yeah. on the podium. He looked like such a supervillain. I know he looks like a dictator. He plays an action hero in yeah. so many movies, but he's like he knows how to do it. Somebody should be crashing through the skylight to destroy Tom yeah. Cruise. He totally did it on purpose. It was, he is like a machine. He's he, like well, not a real person. He's manic. He's yeah. a he's a he's a shallow person who means well, but yeah. someone found out like, oh, if we just keep pumping Pump this, this guy, guy. Yeah. full of hormones. I feel kind of bad for him and well, specifically for John Travolta, because I feel like he got in there when he was really young yeah. and they really got their hooks in him and he's like terrified that his life will end if he doesn't... His part in the documentary was kind of sad, right? Yeah. Where you just feel like he had friends, and then yeah. the friends excommunicated. Yeah, and they he... all got pushed away from him. Now he's just, like, super alone. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, we figured that out. So, <laughs> thanks for talking to me, Dan, and thanks for coming by the show. I'm happy to be here. Dan Telfer, you guys! Woo! I appreciate your outrage, Dan. Uh, I also lived in Indiana one time. Well, he didn't say he lived in Indiana. I lived in Indiana for a while. Um, so I feel like I can absolutely say that Indiana is one of the worst places on earth. <laughs> I feel bad for the people that live there. Uh, I feel like they're barely holding on to the small little pull and peel Twizzler string of hope that they have at living in a decent state. Um, I'm from Ohio, and I like to call it the thinking man's Indiana. <laughs> But I feel like I might even have to change that <laughs> because of what's going on there. Um, Indiana's a crazy place because there, there is a Kokomo, Indiana. That's a city in Indiana. Like the Beach Boys song. Um, and it looks nothing like the Beach Boys song. But that's like, 
Also, I I don't think where the KKK started, but it is still actively present in this city in Indiana because on their uh, garbage trucks, it says, keep Kokomo clean in all K's. And they're like, yeah, we're fine with that. Yeah, you could just do that. I mean, it's the garbage truck, right? So it's terrible. It's a terrible place. Even in Bloomington, the like one amazing liberal haven in Indiana, I went there and then met some people just at this show. And they were like, hey, here's the gay bar. Let's go to the gay bar. And I was like, oh, cool. We're going to go to like the gay bar in the most liberal place in the Midwest of the United States. This is going to be great. I went. It was just a cinder block windowless hut. <laughs> So those people, the, the governor Pence is an asshole, but like everybody in Indiana is like, please, we can't take this anymore. <laughs> Make this a nicer place to live. We've lived here for so long. I lived there. I had this tattoo of Ohio on my wrist. I went to Home Depot and the woman that was ringing me out was like, oh, cool tattoo. Is that a state? <laughs> I said, yes. And she was like, is that Indiana? And I said, no, it's Ohio. I'm so sorry. (laughs) So don't take it out on the people of Indiana. They know not what they do. Awesome. We're going to keep the show going with another friend of the show. You guys give it up for Candace Thompson. Hey, guys. Good evening. Um, you have to forgive me. I'm a little, I'm a little exhausted. I just came from twerk practice. Please, uh, please forgive me if I'm perspiring. Um, I I just found out that twerking is not necessarily just an independent practice. I thought it was an individual thing. Um, that was my, my bad. Uh, apparently they have these things called twerk teams. Have you heard about this? Teams. Teams. And uh, basically, if you go on YouTube and search twerk teams, uh, the best way to describe this is it's, um, how should I say? It's basically just a line of hoes, a line of hoes, and they're all wearing like hot pants, booty shorts. Sometimes it's just their drawers. And uh, the camera just stays on their asses for like 15, 20 minutes of nonstop gyration. It is, it is hypnotic. Uh, I, I challenge you to look away. Uh, and their asses come in all different shapes and sizes and colors. Uh, the, the only thing their asses have in common is that they don't have a father. Um, was that too soon? Some lady in the back like, is that, excuse me, I come from a long line of twerkers. <laughs> My mama's a twerker, her mama's a It's honest twerk. Okay, I'll stop. Um, a little bit about me. I actually am black. Uh, both of my parents are black and Native American. That is right, black and Native American. And apparently when the two most oppressed races unite, uh, the child just comes out looking white. (laughs) It has its perks. Um, But it's cool, it's cool like when you look racially ambiguous because you don't ever have to commit to a race and nobody ever thinks about that but it's cool as shit, because no one knows what you are. You never have to commit. You can say whatever you want. The reason why that's great is because everybody in here knows somebody in your race that has done something to embarrass your entire race, right? And what did you want to do? You wanted to hide, and I can. And it is fantastic. Look, because I love black people, I do, but we have hit some rough patches, all right? I was Italian from 1993. All the way to 2004. I'll be Puerto Rican if Barack fucks up. (laughs) I will hand in my black papers. Well, basically what I'm saying is I'm a fair weather black person. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) My friends be like, where'd Candace go? Like, I don't know. I think she's doing that Dominican thing again. Uh, She had a Rosetta Stone in her purse and was walking real fast. That's right, fair weather, no loyalty here. Do not embarrass me, you will never see me again. Leave. 
Uh, I realized I had a lot of issues growing up, though, because I just wanted to feel like I fit in. You know, everybody wants that, right? You just want to feel like you belong somewhere. And I just wanted people to understand and to accept me as a black person. And I would go to extreme lengths to prove to people that I was black. And this was a problem. This one particular time I was standing outside of my high school next to one of my best friends who was black, more convincingly looking black than myself. And we're standing there, and this white guy just walked by and called her a nigger. And my reaction was... Excuse me, sir, but that was rude, all right? Because there are two of us standing here. You need to add an S. And pluralize that, all right? Just trying to help you out before you offend somebody next time. Can I get a courtesy slur? Where you going? Walk away from me. I, uh, I also have uh, two fantastic parents. Clap if you have both your parents and they're together and in love. Okay. We're dwindling, guys. We're dwindling. See, there's not, we were not the majority right there. We're not the majority at all anymore. Most people come from broken homes. And I'm realizing that there's a lot of pressure put on you when you come from a stable background like that. People expect you to succeed and to go on and do amazing things with your life. And I'm realizing that people that didn't have a father growing up kind of get a free pass to kind of screw up and do whatever they want because they get that slack. Like, I had a friend growing up, and her name was Debbie, and my mom was so impressed by everything that she did because she didn't have a father. <laughs> she didn't have a father. Candace, can you believe Debbie got her GED? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? You know she doesn't have a father. <laughs> Meanwhile, I came home with a four-year degree. I came home to all types of disappointment. A bachelor's degree, Candace, with all of your parents? <laughs> Are you doing? You should have been an astronaut lawyer. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Get your shit together. Where is your helmet and your briefcase? Disappointment. It's really hard. Um, I, does, do you guys know what the term negging is? Has anyone in here? No? Okay. Someone, is, that a, is that a woman saying yes? Have you been negged before? Yeah. Uh, see, this is a thing I'm going to explain to you, and I think some of the guys in here are not saying they know what it is, and they know what it is because they, they're with women. They don't want to embarrass themselves. Look, negging is a term. Negging is a thing that guys do, and it's from this book called The Game, that was written by a pickup artist, and it's for, other, it's for men to learn how to not only pick up on women, but how to, you know, have sex with them and conquer them. And this term basically means what you're doing to make a woman, you compliment her and then insult her to make her feel vulnerable, so then she's wide open for you to just swoop in and tackle her and have sex. Like, that, that's what... Like, that's what, it's a real thing, and I'm learning about this now, and I just realized I got negged by a homeless man the other day. Um, <laughs> you thought negging was bad. Well, you get negged by a homeless man. I'm standing downtown with my friend Jamar. He's a comic, and we were just standing there, and this homeless guy walks by, and Jamar points at me, tries to say something nice and compliment me, and he's like, hey, points at me, and was like, oh, she's fine, ain't she? And then the homeless guy takes a puff from his cigarette and was like, <sighs> looks me up and down, I was like, she all right? And then walked away. Walked away. And I know, it, I know negging works because I slept with him an hour later. <laughs> it was traumatic. It was fucking traumatic. I'm still talking about it. So obviously it affected me. It affects all of us. Um, I'm going to leave with this. Uh, uh, did you guys know that they are putting the Plan B pill in college campus vending machines? Did you know that? That's the morning after pill. They're putting that in campus, college campus vending machines. And you guys thought you shook the machine hard when your Cheetos got stuck. <laughs> I would just kick the glass in. That's what I would do. I would, like, climb through that slot, <laughs> get stuck behind the glass. I wouldn't be able to get out. But more importantly, I wouldn't be pregnant. You guys have been fantastic. Give it up for Rhea. Candace Thompson, you guys.
All right, we're going to keep this show going. This next comic, so funny, has a special on Netflix called Folk Hero. Give it up for Nick Thune, you guys. <laughs> what have you been working on lately? Sadly enough, I've been working on that, yeah, no, <laughs> that kind of half-assed performance <laughs> I just gave. No, it was beautiful. You know, I've been, it's just me focusing on a plan B for myself. And mm-hmm. youth pastor, I think, is the obvious way to go. But mm-hmm. So I'm working on that. But I've been, my wife's been out of town for a week. And yeah. I'm is it rough? Just home and lonely. And yeah. I thought it was going to be the best two weeks of my life. Yeah. And then just like, like freedom. What day exactly were you like, this is not great? Day two. Day two? Yeah. Day one was amazing. Day I mean, two. The hangover on day two was pretty bad. Yeah. Can I be honest with you? Day two is the worst day of a period. So I feel like day two is always the worst. It's kind of like I'm going through my own menstruation cycle right <laughs> Yes, you're going through a menstruation cycle. And unfortunately, two-week menstruation cycle. Oh. But you like... And the cramps and I, all yeah, of the it. Yeah, the cramps you know. and the nothing's put but away. at least I know everything's still working. Yeah, everything's still working. Mm-hmm. You're flowing properly. Actually, we, I have a nanny, and she'll never hear this. Um, she's a 50-year-old Brazilian woman. Oh, sure. But she's going through menopause right now. Yeah. And we've, my wife and I have started to count how many minutes when she shows up mm-hmm. will she mention that she's going through menopause. Sure. And today... Because my baby's gone and my wife's gone, but yeah. she still came. She comes back. Because to she'd be your nanny. on a retainer. <laughs> so my nanny today, within a minute, she mentioned that uh, she's, she had a headache because of menopause. Yeah. And I text my wife. It was like... A minute. It's, it was amazing. Yeah. 45 seconds in. Right. I believe it. Yeah. I, well, I've, I've never gone through something like that, so I'm <laughs> yeah. sure I would bring it up all or the time. Or your whole body is just different all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that she finds comfort in telling a man yeah. Tell, yeah. Like, this is what I'm going through so that you can have a life who's drinking coffee and eating Cheerios because I'm trying to keep my pocket yeah, Nick Thune you guys let him hear it yeah and give it up for all the comics you saw tonight I'm Maria Butcher have a great night see you next week put your hands together put your hands together put your hands together put your hands together Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, Yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, Jazos. (laughs) Ruler of the Eighth Circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.